The Denver Nuggets are on the precipice. They're at the edge of something. <laughs> on Monday, they play the biggest game in franchise history. How that ends, what it looks like, how can they get there? How can the Nuggets get to the NBA championship? We'll talk about that next on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen and being an everydayer. And checking us out on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're on YouTube. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us those five-star reviews. Hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys being with us on whatever platform that you've chosen. We do appreciate you guys making us part of your day. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. The promo code locked on is pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. He is maybe the busiest man in Denver right now, given that he is at the apex of so much of Nuggets culture on the eve of game five of the NBA finals between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets lead 3 1 and have an opportunity on Monday night to secure the franchise's first title in franchise history. Um, in case you can't tell, uh, I am burnt to a crisp mentally. Like, I'm just <laughs> out. We're the worst. Nobody tells you that when this moment comes, you're going to be the worst <laughs> version of yourself. Like, I've written three columns in the last day. I don't know what I've said. Like, I've just, like, I've, I've just, like, written things. Um, but I do want to kind of focus up here, and I want to start. I want to start with something, Adam. They're winning this game. Okay. They're winning. They're winning by double digits. They're winning this game. Uh, I have held off on such proclamations. I've always been like, well, we'll see, right? Um, I deal with things in a, from a very probabilistic standpoint, not only from the way that my brain works, but also if you're going to do the betting side like I do, like you just got to because like stuff happens. But they're winning this game. Okay. Um, I love it. This, that's their moment. This is their moment. They are the team. Draymond Green's comments about it were, I thought, really. I agree. Actually, really insightful of him saying like they know like they know it's there and i'll go so far as to say like the heater are going to put on airs of defiance and they are a very defiant team um but i i've kind of hinted this for the last couple of games like they get (laughs) kyle says oh see so see you guys for game six i mean Uh, matt is the king of the jinx so uh you know what i've called some big ones i've been right on them so you know when i I don't. I don't often go in very hardcore on things. You want to know honestly? I uh, I'm usually a big jinx the other way. Where if I say they're going to lose, mm. um, but my my saying they're going to win doesn't necessarily mean that they, they usually do not uh, face plant. They just like proving me wrong. So yeah. um, that's the that's, a better team. And honestly, it did. It's funny. I've been on this kick about you really should trust your gut. You know, like in some ways, like if you cultivate your instincts over time, if you assess when you're wrong and this or that, there is something to your gut opinion and what it tells you. And I think this is one of those ones where Denver really does seem to, I don't want to say solve the heat, but they seem to understand what they need to do to win in in the series. 
and they're and they are the better team. So coming back home with momentum, yeah. with belief, and yeah. also with the experience of like, hey man, we went over there and just did it twice, and we're this close. I do think that there's reason to feel confidence that the Nuggets get it done tomorrow. Erwin uh, says, as long as we get a Nuggets or Cook tweet in the fourth, fourth quarter, I I put them out in the second half, in the first half. Sometimes that's whatever the situation calls for. You know, I'll be there. Um, yeah, you know, I will say this too that um, it's like it's like oh, I'm being all big and bold. Like the Nuggets are going to win this game. That's right. The number one seed, nine point favorite at home, is going to win a basketball game. Look at my spicy takes. So, uh, yeah. Um, I have a question for you, <clears throat> which is the, the, I wasn't at media day today. Uh, my kids were basically just like, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I was going to. And then I, my daughter gave me the doe eyes and I was like, ah, I, I gotta, I gotta be a dad for a bit. Um, but I saw the, I saw the videos and to me, the tone is like what it needs to be like locked. Like, and they've been this way the whole way. Like do not be satisfied until you're like, they, they, they got off of that train for one night in game two. And since then they've been back to where they need to be. Um, the nerves are going to be real tomorrow. Like they know, they know that that's there, you know, Jamal's talking about championship. Jamal's talking about <laughs> Jamal today was like, was like, Oh, I've known for a while how great this team is. I'm like, really? Cause I kept asking you like over and over again in January and you wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't play ball. Um, they're ready. I think for this moment, but it's different to think that you're ready and have been like, they've been locked in through all these other games. Cause all these other games, the trophy wasn't literally in the, in the tunnel. Right. Uh, how do you feel like they're going to handle this? What are the keys for them being able to manage this in this big of a moment? Because part of this is also, this is not just the biggest moment for a lot of their professional careers. This is like, they have, they have a city now on their shoulders, you know, there, there's no more of the, like, nobody's paying attention. Like, the city's locked in. Denver loves a winner, and they're on the verge of a championship. So what are your kind of thoughts on them handling the moment tomorrow with what's going to be just a lot of excitement and energy in that building? My first thought, and you can probably speak to this better than I can, Matt, it feels like like last game, the Aaron Gordon game, right? He was the guy that stepped up. I feel like the closeout game has to be Murray and Jokic. I think you can hope for a good shooting performance from Michael Porter Jr. And you could hope from a KCP or some guys stepping up. But I really feel like Murray and Jokic have to be the guys that, that get it done tomorrow. Like it comes down to the end and now the big dogs have to, to step up and, and be prepared for it. So to me, that's the biggest thing is I just feel like those two, they've been clutched their whole careers. They've come in big the whole careers. Tomorrow is a weird challenge and that I think they're confident. I think they know what to do. I think all of those things – but there is a now it's real. If you play well, you win, and that's like a, its own weird pressure. Yeah, I think um, if there was one player in the league, I think I would want in this situation. It's got to be Nicola, just because I don't. Yeah, there are guys that I think are great because they want it so badly. They're so desperate for it, and for Nicola, I think that his general perspective and outlook on both life and the, the game of basketball is such that I just don't think that it, it will be something that affects him. It's not that, like for the rest of the guys, I think that there has to be a little bit of managing the moment, right? They have to like Jamal, I think has to handle this moment in a very big way. Um, Nicola, I think will just kind of be 
oblivious to it to a certain degree. It'll be like, yeah, it felt a little bit different, but in general, like he's going to be like, no, I went out and I did my warm up, and then I came back in and I got treatment and then I got my Jersey on and then we did the Anthem and I left at the end of the Anthem two lines in and then we played just basketball. Unfazed. Yeah. Just unfazed. Yeah. yeah. So, but like Jamal, Aaron, um, Bruce, honestly, we forget how, how young Bruce still is. Like, uh, you know, Christian, obviously, um, all those guys, I think are going to be like, those guys are going to have to manage this moment a little bit more. MPJ more than anybody is going to have to manage it tomorrow. Like this is like MPJ is the one man for me where I'm just, I'm, you could tell me anything about MPJ's game tomorrow. I, I, anything's on the table. I mean, yeah. part of me, I would bet money on him shooting well, just cause I, I don't know. There's less, I don't know, but, but anything's on the table. What would you say? Does Michael Porter have a good shooting game? No, man, that would be such that you look all you really care about and all you're going to remember about, do you get a championship or not? But it would be a little bit of a bummer if Michael Porter didn't get to at least have one game where he did the thing that he's best at, at a high but, level. But how great would it be if he had a game like game one where he makes all the plays? I, I, again, I think the best for him, it's the same with like Jokic averaging a triple double. Does it matter? No. But if I could write the script, Michael Porter hits a bunch of threes. Jokic gets 14 assists. Like these things, you know, it would go like that. So they're little things that don't really matter, but we get to be greedy at the moment. <laughs> we get to be greedy at the moment. Um, MP- yeah. This is a bold take from Brain Windhorse. MPJ 30 2010 game <laughs> coming in. All right. Fired up. Um, you know, and, and like, look, I think part of this is with, with MPJ is I'm also like the thing I would tell him is like, this is, this is not the last big game he's going to play in. Right. You know, this is not, He's got he's got more basketball in front of him, and right. he's gonna have more opportunities. So for him, I also think like a lot of it is like, you know, like play within yourself, play the right way, do the things that you that you need to be able to do. Um, can I read you this real quick? Sure. Um, it's not a quote. <clears throat> this is a, a number of of points per game, um, points per games in, in NBA Finals. Um, twenty six, nineteen, twenty seven, twenty two, thirty seven, pretty good, and then twenty five. So again, 26, 19, 27, 22, uh, 37, and then and then 25. That Not bad, leading, right? Leading scores in a finals closeout game? No. Those are the uh, point totals of Steph Curry in his first finals appearance. Wow. And the reason I read that is like, the moment's big for everybody. Right. You know, right. the moment's big for everybody. So um, if you told me, like, here's the thing. If you told me that, that, that MPJ had a huge game tomorrow, I wouldn't be like, oh. I'd be like, oh, okay. So finally, like, <laughs> like the ball stopped rattling halfway down and out, you know? Um, the only reason I kind of said that he probably, he doesn't, is I'm just like, he's in a shooting slump. Like shooting slumps don't last forever, but I kind of, I learned this through the betting stuff too, is like, don't anticipate when the re- regression is going to come. Cause you don't like, it's not on your timeline. It's on its own. You know, right. and so he'll hit it. I, I do think he's going to be like he's going to be very much his situation with these with these finals. I think is going to exacerbate that too. Like he's going to like he wants these shots to go down so bad, and you can see it. He's going to want them to go go down somehow even more tomorrow in Game Five. Do you th- do you think this is a high scoring game, low scoring? Um, I think 
it's going to probably be a like the I keep thinking that the odds are it's going to I'm on the first half under because it's been hitting like crazy. But I would say that from a more high scoring versus low scoring. I keep waiting for turnovers that just hasn't happened the series like the turnovers just have not occurred for either team. Like the Heat are a great team at forcing turnovers and Denver just has not obliged them. Denver's won the the points off a turnover battle in in three of the four games. So, um, and they actually won the one where they lost it, which I thought was interesting. They won they they lost the points off turnover battle in game three, and that was like the Joker Jamal destruction. Um, so I I kind of think that it's likely to be pick up. The other thing I think is I keep wondering if and, and we can talk about this after the break. I keep wondering if the the final thing for Spolster just to try is to be like, okay, look, I've done everything I can to try and slow them down, and we can't. They're putting up 120 no matter what. We got to get offense on the floor because we're drowning with where our offense is. So I wonder if if they're gonna start if they're just gonna start putting in as much offense as possible. I and, I kind of think so. I yeah. kind of that would be that's the last adjustment, adjustment that I see. But at the same time, Matt, I like to me, Denver wins by a bigger amount if that happens. Me too. I agree, which is why I don't think he wants to do it. We'll talk about that dynamic uh, on the other, other side. But first, um, if you're trying to deal with the stress of your team being in the NBA finals, you know what you should do is get yourself some therapy because that's a good way to do it. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA and get on your way to being your best self um therapy is really important for everybody it's just work um it can be something that's like a, a process to get through something very really difficult um it can be just maintenance in terms of working through things if you kind of sense some some things are off if things are off and you don't know why another thing that therapy is really great is it helps you to understand um this is one of the biggest things that i learned i learned in therapy i had to learn to ask for what i needed because I was very bad at that. Like, I don't ever want to ask for things. And so I had to like really learn about how to understand what I needed and how to ask for those things from the people in my life. And therapy was really great for, for doing that. Um, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You're going to find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. So, Adam, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the tactical stuff that we're going to see here uh, in Game 5. So we kind of we talked about this before the break. Uh, yeah, they have gone with where primarily not all defensive lineups, like Kevin Love was not a defensive adjustment, but he kind of was in that they needed more size, right? They needed to not get Caleb Martin, who has just been absolutely bullied. Max Struess and Caleb Martin have just been bullied off the court in the series. So they put in Kevin Love, and Love gives him a little bit more offense. To me, if you ask me who the best players on the Heat have been in the series, it's Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and yep. then Duncan Robinson. And so <laughs> Duncan Robinson because he's had like a few minutes, but he hasn't been good in the series outside of the one game. You know, I think he's given him. I think he. I think what he gives them though are things that they need. Yeah, but that's different than being good. You are right about that. Yeah. 
Um, and so that's the question is like, if he can play, if he can play well and they can play well around him and he can hit shots, that to me is like probably the, the matter uh, that they need to turn to. I'm, I'm with you in that. I don't like, and Spolster I think knows it, which is why he's resisted it this long is like Spolster knows, like I can't win a shootout with Denver, right? Like we can't just go up and down the floor trading buckets. And so I think that's why he's resisted. But to me, when I look at, at their issues, they can't get stops in any situation, but they especially can't get them when the Nuggets are running off misses. Like, they can't do anything. They have to put the, bo- the ball in the bucket so they can set their defense. It's like it's so important for them to not get in transition, even off of just a regular miss for that reason. And it's not even like – it's not fast break stuff like Aaron's done a good job in some of those. And so is Bruce, but it's more just, and like I asked Aaron about this and he's like, we're getting a lot of cross matches. I asked him, I was like, what's so important about you pushing when you get the rebound. And Aaron said, he's like, honestly, the cross matches have been really big. He's like, when we get them out of what they, how they want to defend us, we know we have the personnel to, to score. And like that to me, and that was a pretty revealing statement by him. It's just like being pretty honest about, yeah, like, and it, it's just really evident. Every time that he runs the floor and they've got one of their little guys trying to guard Aaron in transition, it's a disaster. And then what happens is if it's if they're in transition and they're all trying to flood back to recover, then Joker's trailing. And now all of a sudden it's like a it's a miscommunication scramble situation. And Joker's so good at reading those and making the right play. Um, so to me, that's like the biggest adjustment. I don't know if he goes to Highsmith. I kind of thought he would have gone to Highsmith. I was really surprised that he took him out of the series because I thought he actually played pretty well in game one. I was shocked. Like he was a big part of that fourth quarter comeback. And then Spoelstra was just like, nope, no Highsmith, which I was surprised at. Um, but I do kind of think that they, they probably want to get to Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy and Bam. To me, that's like, it's that's a terrible defensive lineup. But it's also probably like their best, chance at trying to put points up right now with how Struce is shooting and how Caleb Martin has vanished. Yeah. Highsmith is a weird one. I think they're worried maybe about <laughs> Miami is a team that doesn't have the best collection of two-way guys, right? They have some offensive guys, they have some defensive guys, and they have to make the decision on which way they go. So I don't know that they're, I mean, I don't think Highsmith plays again. I kind of think that the, if the only adjustment I could see is if they played more minutes with Struess and uh, Duncan Robinson together, just as a look we haven't seen. I think Denver scores too easily on that, but maybe they punted on defense. I mean, Denver has gotten better on offense, more efficient on offense as the series goes on. So maybe they just punt on it. How do they win this? How's, how's Miami win this game? Shooting. Denver shooting poorly, them shooting well. I mean, outside of Denver giving a game two performance, right? Lots of errors, not locked in, you know, whatever. But to me, the the other only other way is if they just make a lot of shots and for whatever reason Denver does, I don't want to say choke, but, you know, does get nervous at the, the finish line. Denver's outplayed them by a lot. I mean, and even yeah. talking to people today down at media availability, like everybody kind of feels like there's a little hive mind, I guess, to it. But at the same time, we're watching it. Denver – this is a slow paced game and Denver's winning by is up by 15, 20 points in every game. Yeah. So the overall numbers for this, even with the, the one loss, they have a net rating of plus 10. That's a uh, lot. I just, that's a lot. That, that is a huge amount in the NBA. Like that's, that's an ass kicking. 
Flames. And honestly, in two or three of the wins, the they've been up bigger than that, and kind of it's artificially looked only eleven points. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they were up twenty, and then it closes up nine. Yeah, they're um. So yeah, I mean, this is the thing: is like they're favored. They're at home. They should win. They won three of the four games, um, but they do have to finish the job. Like this is this is what it comes down to. And um, will you what will your concern level be if they were to lose this game? Our annoyance factor would be very high. You and I yeah, annoyance factor it. really high, but concern factor low, I still think. I just think they're the better team. Yeah. Um, and you think that, and you already kind of said this, like this is just going to have to be a back to Joker and Jamal are, are going to have to take them home in this one. I just, both of those guys have read the core. I'm, I am curious. The other thing I think that Miami might do if they don't change up personnel, the only other thing I could see is them banking on KCP and Michael Porter missing shots and overhelping off of them, trying to guard them the way that they have. Obviously, Murray and Jokic seem very comfortable in that. I think Jokic in particular adjusts immediately if you start to sink in off of shooters and send extra help. I think that's like his bread and butter. But again, desperate times call for desperate measures, and maybe you just hope for that cold Michael Porter game. Um, when you did the film, what kind of stood out to you about Joker's game? In game four? Yeah. Uh, no, the thing that stood out to me that we didn't talk about the last one was how much he popped. You know, they clearly, again, Jokic seems comfortable doing whatever it is that they're asking that the defense dictates that he does. And in this one, they were dictating that he plays a little bit more of a perimeter game and he didn't just shoot it. I thought he did some nice setups also off of how much that, but he also shot the ball with confidence in that game. I mean, his three ball in the playoffs, I think he's at 47% in the playoffs, which is hilarious. <laughs> Yoke's a hilarious player. But that was their poison that they picked was, all right, we'll dare you to shoot a couple threes, and he just was comfortable with it. Um, so I don't write anything before a series is over um, about the next series, about, like, I just, I, 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 I boilerplate will not do it um, as, a, as a function of having lost too many good columns to time. Um, I've had too many columns have to go in the trash, and those are always, like, really frustrating for me. Um, but you start the prep work you start the research on it and like i did notice this today that um nikola Jokic, in his career is a 41 percent three-point shooter in the playoffs i have like i started making notes today of, of of Jokic playoff numbers and just like um how can i put this on the other side i got some things to talk about with like this team story but one of the things that that is I'm I'm reflecting a lot on is how I came to terms pretty early with how wrong I was about Nicola the first like season, right? But I still didn't in the moment really realize that I was watching an all-time great until this week and that to me is like very powerful and very meaningful there's a story here that can not will can come to its fruition on monday night we'll talk about that story on the other side first i need to tell you about prize picks and the one million dollar daily superflex promotion that continues through the nba finals every day of the nba finals however many games it goes 
One prize picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. Uh, one entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day. And whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks will get you a million. Five, and you get 80,000. Four, 16 grand. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You've got to enter and opt in at that link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. That's prizepicks.com slash million. Once you opt in, all you got to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, they're going to give you $100. If you put in $50, they are going to put in $50. If you put in $25, they are going to put in $25. If you put in $4, they're going to put in $4. If you put in $2.23, they will give you $2.00. And 23 cents. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, we, we thank you for doing so and you want more content. Not only can you check out the DMVR show daily, not only can you check them out before every pre and post game show, but Adam. Had a man named Zach Lowe in studio. So you should go check that out uh, and let Zach Lowe know that you appreciate him stopping by the DMVR bar. Um, as a heads up, after after things conclude at Ball Arena, should the Nuggets have more points than the Miami Heat on Monday night, uh, I will definitely be making my way to the DMVR bar. I will be there tomorrow night. We'll be doing um, lockdown from the DMVR bar, which will be fun. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the story here. And I guess I want to ask you this question. What is your first memory? First, let's do this. What's your first memory of Nikola Jokic? I mean, it was summer league. I don't know. I'm bad. My memory is really, really unique, as my wife can attest. I, I remember the weirdest things, but I don't remember details always, always that well. So I don't remember what the first game was. I will say that. I started covering the Nuggets a little bit before Jokic, but as a part-time thing, Summer League 2015 was a big moment for me because it was when I decided to do this full-time. I'm a big fan of low-post footwork and skilled bigs. And I just remember watching Jokic in those first Summer League games and going like, I love this guy's game. I love the way he's got great footwork. He's got great passing, great – I just – you could tell right away he was a skilled player. So I just remember as a skilled big myself, I just was like, hey, man, I love the way this guy plays. So I can't remember the first game. I just remember the skill set popping off to me. I didn't think he was going to be an MVP, but I just remember being like, no, this guy has real skill. Like the foundation there it doesn't always shine because the numbers weren't great, but he has real like high-level footwork touch – passing vision understanding all that stuff and feeling crazy because i was so high on him i could feel it like it was my first summer league and here i am thinking the second rounder is like a special player and i'm like hold on man you know it's like my first day on the job and i'm trying to hype up this guy i'm like i'm such a sucker i well yeah i remember you hyping him up and me being like okay all right sure thing rookie Mm, yeah Oh, mm-hmm. sure. The second round European dude is a great passer as a big man. Yeah, wow. that's a guy that, that that could be an impact guy in this league. That's how it felt um, saying it. <laughs> you know, I, I have really clear memories of Michael Malone's press conference in the first days of his tenure. I have really clear memories of Jamal's uh, draft night conference call. I have really clear memories of like media day that season. And like I have spots along the way of Joker. 
And what's really incredible, I think, you know, like I sat down with Joker, I don't know, two years before his MVP season, um, back in the before times. And he kept, he kept always rising beyond, like I, he would, I would come back and be like, okay, he's a little bit better than I thought. Okay. He's a little bit better than I thought. Okay. He's a little bit better than I thought. And he just kind of got there. And I will say, I started to really kind of like think that this team had something in 2019 in that first playoff run because coming back from game 82 and Minnesota, there are moments that tell you the character of a team and the way that the nuggets came back the next season. And they were like livid. I mean, they were so mad at themselves for losing that game. I was like, okay, like, it wasn't like, oh, whatever, you know, you win some, you lose some. Like, they were like, no, we're making the playoffs. Like, no, like, no, F this. No. And for them to have come back and responded and to grow the way that they did. And it's been cool to see all the former Nuggets at these games. Like, Gary was there the other night. And for me, like, as much as it is, like, moving Gary was the was vital and Gary's game fell off. Like, Joker probably happens with or without Gary, but Gary was, was in this timeline. And with how this worked out, Gary was a big part of Nicola happening because Gary was one of the first ones to really embrace like, no, no, no. Like if we just run DHO, we can score every time with this guy. Like you could tell that he was just like, Hey, we could just do this over and over again. Um, this, this is why this arc is so much better than most. Matt is because we it took time and you saw all the roles that the various members played in it and that and Monte and Gary are chief among them in terms of like anybody that was watching all along has a deep appreciation for what those those guys being a part of the journey just a part of of all of it and that's why I think they were cool. Wilson Chandler I know maybe comes tomorrow and you know so a couple other guys and it's like you think about Wilson Chandler like was he an all-time great? Was he inevitable? Like the way you're talking about Gary, which I agree, by the way, to some extent. I do think it could have been a variety of players, but to some extent. But Wilson Chandler is one that I probably look at and say, you know, I don't want to say he's just a guy that sounds heartless, but I don't know that it was like they needed Wilson to get there. Nonetheless, he was the guy. He was a part of a journey. And I think it's cool that everybody that was a part of it feels some kind of connection to it, you know, some kind of like, yeah, man, that's cool that you get us or you guys, however you feel about it. It's cool that you guys are pulling this off. And that to me is like, if you're most championship teams, the guys are like, it's not that there's not that through line that lasts six, seven, eight seasons. It's just kind of a quick start and stop. Denver's different in that way. Yeah. Um, we Paul Mills got a championship in 2017. We That's when we started. Yeah. Um, Paul Mills has another one where it's like, they could have gotten here without Paul Millsap, but Paul, like I think they would all tell you like Paul taught them a lot about what it takes to manage a season, what it takes to be a playoff team. And like the, all the mental toughness that they found, they got past the jazz series, but then they were down three, one again to the Clippers and Marcus Morris gets yeah. up in Paul's face. Like that's a turning point. Like that's a major story in this arc is Marcus Morris's dumbass getting up in Paul Millsap's face and Paul not having it. Um, there have been so many people that have contributed to this along the way. And there's so many people like behind the scenes and there's so many people at ball arena. Like that's who I'm like, I think of, 
you know, like all of these people that have been a part of this story um, that has a chance to accomplish this. And when it's the first title in franchise, this is like, this is such a thing I, I, I powerfully believe, which is just that it, if they, if they win tomorrow, like Lakers fans will never experience what Nuggets fans will That's experience true. tomorrow. True, It's, it's true. Lakers Celtics fans won't Warriors fans won't Warriors fans kind of I mean they had an organic team that they built up that went through all of that it was their guy Steph was their guy they went through it and built it and they had a prior title though and oh like 19 yeah like way back but I'll also say this the other thing I think is like the Warriors are close you're right we're splitting hairs right but like the other thing I would say that's that's really key about this is that I've said this about that like there are teams that just don't, that this doesn't happen for. Right. That's been the story of the NBA. Like, that's how, like, do you know how, what it feels like for a Wolves fan to be watching this right now? Right. Yep. It's like, yep. They're, they're like the Nuggets for sure. And like, there's all these friends and there's so many of them because this league has been dominated by dynasties. And so for Denver to have this opportunity to put itself, to take itself from that, that group of teams that have never won a title, and like you, you even heard it this season as the one seed, Denver, Denver, right? Like the idea that this franchise, and it just goes to show you that in sports, there are times when the right combination of players around one centrally dominant, historic, all-time great player can break all of that to absolute dust. And like, that's what they have a chance at tomorrow night. Yeah. A hundred percent. It would be the dawn of a new day in for the Denver Nuggets as a franchise, because I've said this all along. If you win a championship, you're a different franchise. And it will be a line that says there was the before championship Nuggets and there was the after championship Nuggets. I've talked a lot because I have a lot in my head because I was traveling for about 12 hours yesterday. Um, But where are you at? Like, where, where are you at as like... You're, I don't know that you're not Mr. Nugget, but you're like Commander Nugget. I don't know what the word is for you, but like you're at the I'm epicenter not, of like not, Nuggets not. culture. So I'm asking you, yeah. like, how are you feeling about this moment right now? Is it still just like surreal and you don't know how to process it? Yeah. And the nature of my job is that I try to stay present like as much as I can through all of this. You know, that's kind of one of the skill sets is I get to talk about things in the moment and and, and kind of like stay in that this the nature of what we do with the nvr is that i've had to put my mind forward and everything else and i almost feel like tomorrow i want to be done with all my work late tonight no matter how long it takes because tomorrow i just want to experience i just want to be there and enjoy it and i hope i will i'm not sure i'll be able to i don't know but that to me is my own personal experience of this of things happen slow and fast at the same time slow in that this playoffs has been a monster, man. 16 wins is so long. Four rounds is yeah. I've never gone through it. It's unbelievable how long it is. But at the same time, it's fast in that the Nuggets keep winning. So we're never usually there's a rhythm to a series where it's like, you know, punch and counter punch or whatever. And the Nuggets just keep winning in a way that I'm like, man, this is happening so fast and, and everything else. But it's you know, been it's, like been, a long, it's been a long time and not a lot of games. Yeah, a long time and not a lot of games. The biggest thing experience I will say is. And I know the people listening to this will will um, will kind of feel it. All of our wildest dreams so far, knock on wood, have been coming true. 
because there is a world in which a team wins, but it doesn't quite go the way you want. And there's something unsatisfying about it. This has been such a satisfying, like, yeah, all the things we were hoped for have hit so far. And if they pull it off tomorrow, it'll just be one of those ones where it's like, wow, are we in a dream? Our guy is the unanimous best player. The team's playing connected and together. They're not just eking by, but dominating. Everybody is, did you see, was it Josh Reynolds today? Sixers guy, Liberty Ballers put out the tweet that was like, Hey guys, I just want everyone to know I was wrong. Jokic is way better than Embiid. And you're way better. Like, you're like reading it, and you're like, I, I, I didn't expect this would be this unanimous. Like, wow. my, my, Mike, o, Mike O'Connor, who I think is a really good writer, wrote that big long anti-analytics scribe over at uh, Screed over at uh, Rice Ricky that like uh, I tore up, but also linked to, which is like a, that's a nasty secret of mine, which is like. Oftentimes I will like tear something apart and link to it. Cause guess what? You get the traffic then. Um, <laughs> right. I got a lot of respect for Mike. We just tend to like really disagree on this. And he's like, he's holding on. He's like, no, I didn't like analytics before this whole thing. And I still don't like him, but he was like, <laughs> but the Joker's way better than Embiid. And it's not close. Like, I mean, it's just like, it's a unanimous, like spike Eskin. Like it's a sweep, man. The only, like, the only That's people- what I mean. It's a sweep. The The Nuggets not only have had sweeps in five games here, but the narrative has been a sweep. And that's the thing I did not expect. I did not. I expected an, if we if the Nuggets won a narrative seven game series controversial play. Instead, we have a narrative sweep where everyone's like, yes, everything you guys thought was true. We were wrong. And you're like, wow. Yeah. And Go like down the list, Murray five, does five, matter. Like, okay, that one. Five, 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 five ish in the comments that mentions Nick Wright. And like, I've been listening to those segments and like Nick has said, like, no, like if he wins the title, I will acknowledge him as the best player in the world. He's going to hold out for as long as possible. Of course. But it's really just going to be Mark Jones. It's just well, well, yeah, it's Mark Jones. It's the only one left. I will say this though, about Nick Wrights of the world. You can't wait for them in. Like those guys are great at what they do because they can pivot out of it. Like Nick Wright is going to give Jokic props if they win in a way that pisses you off. I yeah. promise you right now, he's going to give you something in a way that feels like a backhanded compliment. He was the one seed playing a bunch of bad teams. Congratulations for doing exactly what you should do. It, it, there'll be a like, what I want to see though, is can he win a series against the Warriors without his best players playing well on the road when they're and you're just like, hold on, we're making a scenario now where it's like, what? It's going to um, be something of that nature. But instead of the haters, I want to, I want to call out some people uh, on the good side here. Um, going tomorrow, I'm thinking about you and the fellas down DMVR who like, I've gotten to watch Harrison win go from a kid that was like doing part-time sales over at the Rockies to one of the best beat reporters in the industry. We had a hell of a year, man. Harrison win was incredible this year. Um, I'm thinking about Vicky and Vicky's husband. Yep. Um, I'm thinking about. Feinstein, I'm thinking about Je- I'm thinking about the King of Thornton, Jeff Morton. Uh, I'm thinking about folks like five 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 ish and Hurricane in here making extremely lewd comments to me every single day in this chat section. He's um, asleep today, thank God. And, and Kyle and like Tommy's in here, like all everyone in this chat segment and everyone that's listening to me, all these folks that have come up to me and been like, "Hey man, just want to let you know I really love your show." I want you to know that like I'm thinking of you on Monday. And I want good things for you. Uh, so 
We'll see what happens in game five. If there's a game six, Adam and I will drag ourselves onto this podcast on Tuesday morning. If, if there's a game six, tomorrow night's podcast is just going to be me crying into the microphone <laughs> while I like look ahead at all the stuff I'm going to have to do in the next three days. Like, <laughs> I started, I was telling my wife, I was like, if I have to go out for game six, I'm trying to, like, I'm like on websites trying to find how can I fly out as late as possible while still making sure I get to the game and how can I get back? Like, um, but you know, we'll see. Look, the, the Heat aren't going to, I will say this too. The Locked on Heat's been dead on about this. Locked on Heat has said consistently, the Heat are not going to give it to you. The Heat are not going to mess up and beat themselves. You're going to have to beat them. That's been their consistent thing. And that's been true every game of this series. The Heat have not beaten them. That's why so many of the Heat fans and these, I've listened to these Heat podcasts, they all have so much respect for Denver because they're like, yeah, I can't just sit here and be like, no, no, we missed shots or no, no, we just played dumb. No, no, we played pretty well and Denver kicked our ass. So like, going to have to do it one more time. They're not going to give it to you. They're not letting you walk to this title. You're going to have to go out from the first quarter on. You are going to have to tell them this is ours. It's our time. You guys had a great run, but it's over. And so that's the message that's got to be sent tomorrow. Um, Adam Mars and I will be back uh, either late tomorrow night from the DMVR oh, bar yeah. or Tuesday morning. Um, let us know what you think. I, I personally... I would love it if everyone listens to the show that has Twitter. I want, I want videos of you at the game. Yeah, I, I want videos man. of your reaction. I want audio clips. Send us. I like. I want to see your reaction as Nuggets fans if they pull this off on Monday. I want to know what this looks like for you. Love Please that. share that with us. Uh, Till then, hit the like and subscribe button, rate, review, and subscribe. Check out all the great stuff over at DMVR. I'm going to go write another two columns and then go to bed before game five of the NBA Finals between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. For Adam Mares, Director of Content at DMVR, I'm Matt Moore. We will see you tomorrow, come hell or high water, on Locked on Nuggets.